MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Beginning hour number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. Wes Reynolds is over at Mandalay Bay. We can feel the excitement in the books. The country is ready for Super Wildcard Weekend, Wes. And we always do this exercise each and every week on Betting Across America. We like to give out our smart in our heart plays, and obviously people by now should know the difference. So when I give you my heart play, Wes, of the Cowboys' money line, you know exactly where that's coming from. Al Davis, just win, baby. I want to see my Cowboys advance. But as a smart play, I really do think if you can still get it at three, and I thought you and Mike Peranio really laid this out well in the last segment, where Mike Peranio is seeing that he might actually need, from a books perspective, the Cowboys this weekend because there's a lot of money that's come in on the 49ers and kind of held this number at three, despite the Cowboys being a very public team. Wes, when I just look at the matchup, I think the matchup is a good one for the Cowboys. And I know the public narrative is just the opposite. They're running the football with the 49ers, the way they can get after it. I don't think that shies away this Cowboy defense at all. So for a smart play, I do believe the Cowboys laying the three tomorrow. I think they have advantages in just about every matchup that you can make offensively, defensively, uh, even special teams, and I go know Greg Zerline, maybe that's the one weakness. I take Robbie Gold over Greg Zerline a little bit. But past that, Wes, I see matchup advantages for the Cowboys. So I think laying the three there is the smart number uh, to do here as a smart play. And I do like the under, and I've listened to you a lot this week with this Bengals and Raiders game today. I took the under 49. That has dipped down a little bit. And a teaser play that I do like this week, and I always love to do teasers. They've been profitable for me this year. I got the Cardinals at a better number, and this has come down now to three and a half. Got them earlier in the week at four. Teased that up to 10 and teased down the Buccaneers to under a field goal. So, Wes, those are my smart and heart plays. If I'm going to lose, where do you think it might happen? Well, uh, I mean, I I actually kind of like your plays there. Uh, uh, I have not bet 49ers in Dallas. I did not know what to do. And I even uh, responded to uh, uh, somebody on Twitter saying, you know what? I'm probably not going to have anything pregame on this. I probably have to wait until an end game because I think that this number is fair. I think three, I don't think, you know, guys, our bookmakers are not going to be off necessarily by numbers in the playoffs. You can't be too, I think, results oriented. So they're never going to necessarily 
necessarily be that off. So people thinking, oh, three is way too low. The number is the right number mm -hmm. because you can tell it's the right number because it's getting support on both sides. And it's not necessarily that books always want balanced action. Look, they're fine if they think they got the best of it, but we know what's going to happen here. If you get three without any, you know, increased VIG where it's three minus a dollar ten, or if it even goes down to two and a half, which it really hasn't done, then you're going to get cowboy players on, you know, kind of advantage players just trying to beat the best of the key number. If it goes to three and a half, you'll see support for the 49ers. That's why you're not seeing a lot of three and a half in the market, except that right here at BetMGM, it's three and a half even money. So obviously juice to the Niners side on the key number, but you're seeing like minus three, minus 115, minus 120, something like that. So, uh, uh, I don't necessarily disagree, and the, the the Tampa Bay absolutely makes sense. That's the only Stanford Wong teaser option of the weekend, and when I talk about Wong teasers, that means teasing through the key numbers of three and seven. You can obviously do that right now, tease it down to two or two and a half with Tampa Bay because the number currently sits eight and a half, so I don't necessarily disagree with that at all. And, Wes, let's get to your smart and hard plays of the week as well, and one of them that really intrigues me is when you have a first-half total uh, that you have, and that's in this first game coming up here in about a half hour here with the Bengals and the Raiders, and you like the under. Can you tell people, walk them through your handicap there and why you like that play in the first half, maybe even more so than the game? Yeah, I just think that, look, you have two teams that are in, in, in spots that they're not used to. And I think you look at the Raiders, the Raiders actually have arguably the toughest and not even arguably really the toughest scheduling spot here. That defense on that Sunday night game that they won in overtime over the Chargers right here at Allegiant Stadium, they were on the field for 88 plays. Wow. That is a lot of plays for a defense to be on. And couple that with the fact that you are playing the early Saturday afternoon game. You absolutely have uh, the shortest amount of rest possible. So, you know, that's why you're seeing, I think, the Bengals is about six-point favorites and seeing them even get some support because I think people are recognizing, hey, is this Raider team a little bit out of gas? But you look at Cincinnati, there is a possibility for rust here. I understand why, because you couldn't really change your seating and you had already won the division, why Joe Burrow and those guys and Joe Mixon, et cetera, et cetera, sat out last week, but... Is it going to be? It's that old question, Dave. Is it rest or is it rust? Mm. So that's what you're. That's what you're worried about a little bit. The Raiders have obviously had a lot of luck this year. Three and zero in overtime games this year. They've won each of their last four games by four points or less. So they've been living right. Raiders, if you look at the whole season, have actually been outscored by 65 points. But. I think you get a little nerves here. I, I, it's not going to be the cold. I just thought, you know, this looked a little bit high. This might be a spot where the first half comes under and then you can end game or go second half over and try to middle it. But I am on the under for these plays. Uh, the four college basketball plays, unfortunately, uh, the graphic, uh, I don't see it on my screen here, but I'll try to do it from memory. Mississippi State minus one against Alabama. Mm -hmm. There was some pick out there that I took as well. Mississippi State, Alabama, by the way, had that tough late loss against Auburn the other night. Mississippi State still unranked. Would love to get a win over a ranked team to kind of prove because they kind of been a little bit under the radar. Virginia Tech minus six and a half. They lost a heartbreaker to Virginia the other night. Notre Dame has won a few in a row, but they've been living a little bit right. I think this is a tough spot for Notre Dame and this is kind of a, a, a get healthy against a team that's kind of had a little bit of luck on their side. And then uh, my other game, uh, Washington pick them against Stanford. Stanford, of course, came off the upset 
did beat USC. That was USC's first loss this year. They were one of the last remaining undefeateds. And then uh, I'm going to try it here, despite what I saw of Gonzaga really steamrolling BYU on Thursday night. They got to go on the road to the Levy Center, and I took Santa Clara plus 17. But obviously this Gonzaga team that's scoring in the 100-point range, seemingly a lot of games recently, including against a very good BYU team, by the way, on Thursday night. But true road game, first true road game in the conference. I think Herb Sendek and his guys hang around a little bit here. Very quickly, can you confirm or deny for Santa Clara, is Steve Nash playing today for Santa Clara? Because I'd like them better getting the 17 if he was. He, he is not, but uh, they do have a very good and experienced coach in Herb Sendek, and you do have a Gonzaga team that, look, they are very good. They're a Final Four contender, no question about it, and were there last year, but I think you're getting them a little bit overpriced off that big win over BYU where they easily covered. I think the final score was like 108 to 84, but it was a comfortable win over a good BYU team. But going on the road to the Levy Center, I think they're going to be fired up out there in Santa Clara. Uh, the fighting Bruce Marshalls, uh, <laughs> a big supporter of the Santa Clara Broncos. So I'm taking them plus 17. All right, Wes, let's get back to the game, getting ready to kick your eye. I'm getting excited here because they're getting closer and closer to kickoff in Cincinnati for the first game in, in Super Wild Card Weekend. Again, you and I both are on the under for the game here. And again, that has dipped down now here at BetMGM at 48 and a half. We got it at 49. I don't know that there's a coach in America that's ever going to have a pregame pep talk of like, all right, guys, let's play it close to the vest. Let's just run the football, matriculate the ball down the field, run. They're all like, all right, we're going to go out there. We're going to go gangbusters. We're going to shock and all, right? But that really doesn't happen, right? Even the best laid plans – but we think for Rich Passacci and Zach Taylor, their first games, I know they're excited. They're fired up for this game. So even though they might be preaching, you know, we're going to really be aggressive the whole time, it, they tend to play more conservatively even versus what they might actually want to do. Is that the reason why, another reason why maybe the under is the right play? Well, and I think you got to look at what defense that, that the Raiders are going to run against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is very good, even, you know, wise beyond his years, even though a second-year quarterback against that man coverage. Against man coverage, 11.1 yards per targeted pass attempt. That's more than a full yard over the second-place team in that category, the Rams. But you got the Raiders who run a lot of zone. Bengals are still good against zone, but only 8.7 yards per target against the zone. Touchdown rate's a little bit smaller. You've also got a team that does not blitz a lot, that being the Raiders. They want to get pressure with the front four with Max Crosby and Ngakwe and company. Burrow, very good against the Blitz. 10.8 yards per attempt, 9.2% touchdown rate. So, look, Raiders are going to, you know, let them kind of matriculate the ball slowly down the field. They're not going to Blitz. They're not going to be overly aggressive. And what you worry about with the Bengals, too, is that right tackle. What you saw if you watched that Sunday night game with the Raiders, Max Crosby, 101 pressures during the regular season. He didn't always get home, but he made Justin Herbert's life a living hell in that game. And the Bengals at right tackle with right Reef being on injured reserve. Isaiah Prince, the rookie, is starting at right tackle. This could be a long afternoon for him against Max Crosby. You know, it's interesting, too, when you look at their championship odds, they're 20 to 1 for this profile for the Bengals. Uh, look, I do like them today for the reasons that you mentioned. Just, I got to think the Raiders are a little bit mentally, if not physically, worn out with that war of attrition game against the Chargers. But I, I don't know going forward for the Bengals because of the offensive line issues. The one way the Vegas can pull the upset today is by pressure. 
is with a guy like Max Crosby, is the offensive line deficiencies. And that's why I don't know that I love or trust the Bengals long term. So to your point here, it feels like that's what Rich Bisacci has got to really rely on today if Vegas Raiders are going to pull the upset. It's got to be that defense. It's got to be getting pressure with the front four Mm because, to your point, they're not going to blitz, right? No, no, absolutely not. You would think that they're going to play a lot of zone here. And uh, one thing uh, that I thought was an interesting trend that I found here, and I didn't bet the side even though I leaned to the Raiders, Bengals did beat them in week 11, 32-13 right out here in Las Vegas. It was a more competitive game than the final score Mm -hmm. indicated. But if you look at non-divisional games, which, of course, the Raiders and the Bengals not in the same division, the team that lost in the regular season to an opponent that obviously won, that they go on to face a Again in the season, in the postseason, 60% against the number in the rematch since 1980. So there's a trend, at least for the Raiders, at least a feather in their cap on that one. Yeah, absolutely, Wes. When we come back, let's look at some prop scenarios before we get to kickoff. I've been observing it looks cold, but I see a lot of exposed elbows and, and uh, sleeves out there in Cincinnati. Come on back. It is Neeson, the Sports Betting Now. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights of where the money and bets are moving for every single game. You're going to be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over-unders and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. He is at Mandalay Bay. I am here at Circus Sportsbook. We are getting ever so close to the first kick in the beginning of Super Wild Card Weekend. Of course, game number one will feature the Las Vegas Raiders in Cincinnati. And before we get to kick, uh, again, we've given you our, our opinions here 
on where we think the side and the total might be the right side to be on. Five and a half right now for the Bengals. That number has come down just a little bit. So has the over-under. It's ticked down to 48 and a half here at BetMGM. But I do want to get into some prop scenarios here. And, Wes, this, again, goes into where we think and how we think the game script might flow. So let's start off with the quarterbacks because I know when people get into prop scenarios, they like to look at those totals for the quarterbacks and say, hmm, will Derek Carr get to 255 yards passing? And, again, game script could say they're behind. That's why they're underdogs by about six points here. And or Joe Burrow. Will he have to light up that Raiders secondary in order to get points to the board? 262.5 total yards for, for those two quarterbacks right there. A, a one-and-a-half touchdown. So, again, do you think they're going to get at least two here? And interceptions, will you get a pick from either one of these guys? So, Wes, when you look at these options on the board for you, which ones might light up your, your uh, phone here if you wanted to play some props for the quarterbacks? I didn't play any of the passing numbers with the, with the quarterbacks. There is a, you know, one you could look at, I think, for the rushing. One of the things that you saw in that first game, it was 32-13, to 13, right? But the Raiders had a couple late turnovers in that fourth quarter. If you look at the yards the first time around, Bengals had the ball, by the way, for 70 plays in that game. I think they had the ball for a little over 37 minutes at the Raiders, just a little bit less than 23 minutes. Bengals ran 70 plays from scrimmage, but they only got 288 yards and that was 4.1 yards of play. Now, you would think maybe positive regression coming, by the way, Joe Burrow in that game, 20 and 29 for just 129. He only got sacked three times, but I want to bring this back to the key matchup, really, I think, for the Bengals offensively against the Raiders defensively is going to be that rookie Prince against Max Crosby. Mm. And Max Crosby is a guy that get, that leads the league in pressures. He is the best pass rusher for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think, you know, that's going to lead to a couple things, I think, with uh, with Max Crosby. Number one, I think it could very well easily lead to uh, Joe Burrow having to run the football a little bit more. So that's why I actually lean his over yards because I got to think Crosby and Gakwe, especially Crosby, they're going to flush Burrow from the pocket. And I know Joe Burrow, not quite 100% with that knee, but you know that he'll run. I mean, he is not bashful about running. He's not going to be a guy that's like, oh, God, I got pressure. I'm just going to throw it in the turf and live to fight another day. Discretion, the better part of valor. He'll take off and run. So I lean to his over rushing yards here from that standpoint. And one of the things I'm going to do is also use that matchup in terms of uh, not only the Burrow rushing yards, but I think you can also look at the tight end, and that being C.J. Ozuma, mm-hmm. uh, if, you, if I'm pronouncing that name right, at under his receiving yards. And I don't know where it is currently at BetMGM, but like I said, you've got a rookie that you might have to leave in one-on-one with Crosby. Cincinnati and Zach Taylor do not want to do that. So I fully expect you may see that tight end, Ozuma, kind of in Max Pro, where he's got to chip Max Crosby, or just to stay in and flat out double team the guy uh, from getting to Joe Burrow. So, you know, not a good matchup necessarily for Ozuma. So if you look at him, like I said, the Raiders uh, play the second most zone coverage in the league. They're not going to play a lot of man coverage. This tight end I just mentioned, much better in man coverage than he is against zone coverage. So I think they're going to have to keep him in for Max Pro. So I didn't really see anything in the passing yards except for the fact that the Raiders, when they're trailing, pass, I believe, what did I say earlier, the second most rate in the Mm -hmm. league. It is certainly at least in the top three. So, 
you know, I would more lean to Carr in terms of the overpassing yards, but I think the rushing is probably where you can go to that, and that's where you got to find those little individual matchups if you're betting props. If you've got a tackle or an offensive lineman that's going to have trouble against a speed edge rusher, that's where I think you can capitalize on it with like Burrow over rushing yards, Azuma or under receiving yards. Well, I'm right there with you, and I'm following your game script here. When you have a dynamic pass rusher like the Raiders have, in Max Crosby, you know, you can look at current examples in the league when you got to go up against T.J. Watt and, and or an Aaron Donald. What do teams do to try to take those guys away? They run the football at those players. Historically, that's been true, too, for guys as, as far back as Lawrence Taylor. The best way to, to stop those guys from rushing the passer is try to run at them. I expect to see some of that today from Zach Taylor in this Bengals offense. So let's get to the rushing yards and some prop scenarios there as we kind of follow this game script here. And obviously that means Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs here, the two primary ball carriers for both these teams. It's a little bit higher now for Joe Mixon at 73 and a half, uh, juiced evenly here, minus 115 at BetMGM. And the same for Josh Jacobs, minus 115 for 61 and a half. And then you get those quarterback props and again, even though Joe Burrow has that bad knee, it is juiced heavily to the over at minus 125 to your point that if they have to go back in a drop back scenario, if you're going to get pressure from Max Crosby, you probably can expect to see Joey B get on the run. Derek Carr, it surprises me a little bit that it's only at five and a half. I know he doesn't run very often, slightly juiced to the over at minus 118. When you look at these prop scenarios, which one might be the best value to you, Wes? Well, I think the Burrow, as I mentioned, the over rushing yards, uh, that would be certainly one I would play. In terms of Carr, keep in mind the Raiders do like to use Marcus Mariota mm -hmm. in, in the rushing package here, and they will bring him in in short yard situations. So that's why I would be kind of skirting a little bit of the Carr rushing props. Uh, Jacobs only ran it, I believe, like nine times or about 39 yards in the first meeting against the Bengals. Lean to the over on the rushing yards, but actually, Actually, with Jacobs, I actually like the receptions under simply because it's a personnel thing. Jalen Richard now back into the lineup, came back in week 15 a few weeks ago. Last week, in terms of a, a must-win game for the Las Vegas Raiders, it was Jacobs. 43% of the dropbacks is where he ran a route, and that's the lowest rate it's been since, like, week nine. So Jalen Richard, when the Raiders had to go in that two-minute offense, he was in there every play because they like to use him a little bit more in the screen game, and he's a guy you can get the ball in space, whereas Jacobs is kind of more of your plug-and-chug, grind-it-out in the running game. This is not a guy they have been using as much in the passing game lately. So that's something you might want to look at if you're betting a Jacobs props at the receptions. I think I saw under three and a half. Now, you are going to have to pay heavy big, you know, 150, 160, 170 is kind of where I saw. I still don't think that that's enough. I don't see Jacobs getting a lot of passes out of the backfield today. All right, let's go with the receiving yards then, not necessarily the number of receptions, but just the yards. Because, again, Jamar Chase, you can understand why he's going to be the top of the board here, 69 and a half. Has come down a little bit, though. It doesn't take a lot for Jamar seemingly to get over that because he can bust them if you watch that Kansas City game, that's for sure. But this is a very, when you look at both sides here, actually, these are really good receiving cores that we're going to see on either side, right? So we can understand why these teams want to get these guys in space. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, I think, quiet is kept. That's a really good triumphant of receivers they have there. 16-6.5 for T, 41.5 for Tyler. Then you look at Vegas, and Darren Waller got back into the action last week, and maybe 
you know, slowly getting him back into the mix here. They're expecting a bigger day today at 62 and a half. And then Hunter Renfro at 40, 46 and a half. And Zay Jones has really come on here at 41 and a half. Is there anybody off the beaten path here? Or are you going to trust this big six, Wes, if you want to place some over in some of these receiver props? You know, maybe you could look at a yards with somebody like Deshaun Jackson. This is not a guy that's going to get a lot of receptions, but he is capable of outrunning a busted coverage, <laughs> which could certainly happen in this game. So that I would only be looking at him at yards only and not necessarily receptions. Uh, Hunter Renfro might be the guy you want to look for the over and the receptions, I think. Uh, we saw what he did against the Indianapolis Colts uh, with the, I believe, the Week 17 game where, you know, he had a Pro Bowl corner and Kenny Moore on him, and he had Absolutely torched him for the mm -hmm. game. So if I was looking at receivers, I'd be looking at Hunter Renfro, like over receptions, Deshaun Jackson over yards on the Raiders' side. Yeah, I, I think that's smart because, again, Hunter Renfro, we know in third and short, if they're not going to run Josh Jacobs, they're going to try to get him quickly uh, and isolated on the inside. That seems to be what he does an awful lot there. So I'm with you on that. I, I, if you can get that prop for the receiving, uh, the number of receptions for Hunter might be even better than the yards, but again, 56 and a half is what we're seeing right now at BetMGM. We're getting oh so close to kickoff to begin this Super Wild Card weekend. But Wes, when we come back here, we're going to talk about Super Bowl MVP odds. So you got to figure out who's going to get there first, and then who's going to win it. Because we know losing teams, they just don't get this award unless you go back to I, I think Chuck Howley for the Cowboys uh, back in, in Super Bowl. Uh, five. So that's probably not going to happen. So when we come back, we'll go through that exercise of trying to find out who we think will be the best odds to be your Super Bowl MVP. Come on back. We're getting oh so close to kickoff. It is Betting Across America here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN is a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now. Get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game, and college hoops betting guide. Plus, full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Dave Ross back alongside Wes Reynolds. It is getting oh so close to kickoff. I know it's cold in Cincinnati but we're warm here at Circus Sportsbook. I know Wes is also at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, now as we're getting ready to embark on the second season that is the NFL playoffs, you can still take some value shots here, long shots, if you will, at the Super Bowl MVP. And I know you're going, boy, that's still a month away. we got to try to figure out pathways for these players to win this award. Obviously, you're going to understand why Aaron Rodgers right now is the favorite because of the number one seed in the NFC. He's plus 450. He's probably going to be the back-to-back -back MVP of the league. And even though Kansas City is not the number one seed and they're going to be playing the Steelers here in Super Wild Card Weekend, you can understand why he's the shortest number on the board in the AFC at plus 550. I think it gets interesting after that. And a couple names I want to look at here are Josh Allen at plus 900, if you're a Bills backer like I am, and or Dak Prescott 
at 13 to 1 here for the Cowboys if you think that they can actually make a move and get all the way to the Super Bowl. Is am I finding the right value there instead of going with the shortest odds on the board in the favorites here in Rodgers and Mahomes? Well, yeah, I think if you want to dodge the favorites, certainly you want to look a little bit down the board because there's not really one, I think, clear team that it's like, okay, this is the team to beat. Some of those Brady teams in the mid-2000s in New England or some of the Manning teams in Indianapolis. So there's not that one clear favorite. I don't think Green Bay is like a runaway favorite from, you know, everybody else, even though they have the best record and they're going to be the number one seed. So, you know, if you have a lean on some somebody that you like in a Super Bowl futures market, uh, I would be kind of looking at a board. Like if you like Dallas, uh, Dak at 13 to one, uh, Matthew Stafford perhaps at 12 to one, if you like the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Josh Allen at nine to one, if you like the Bills. Bills, you know, they kind of play the bully against the bad teams, but against the good teams, they've had a lot of rotten luck this year. They've lost a lot of close games. I think they're 0-5 in terms of one possession games. Now, you know, they've beaten them, they've had the most wins in the league by double digits. So there's a point that they, when they win, they win big. And when they lose, they lose close. So, you know, the Bills, do you believe that there's going to be some regression in terms of to the positive where they're going to start winning close games? So that's why I might look at Josh Allen at nine to one here for Super Bowl MVP because, uh, you know, it is a quarterback award. That doesn't mean that there aren't other players that can't win it. That doesn't mean you can't get a, a, a Larry Brown all those years ago from the Dallas Cowboys uh, winning a Super Bowl MVP or something of that nature. So, you know, or or even or even a running back. Even though, look, you see all these top choices right. quarterbacks. The top running back, Derrick Henry, twenty-five to one, and he's really the only guy that's even close. Because then you go all the way down to the receivers, the Adamses, the you know, the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, sixty-six to one. So, you know, it, it, I mean, if you're betting this right now, then you're trying to gauge, okay, who do I think is really going to be in the Super Bowl? My preseason uh, pick in the Beeson. Uh, pro football betting guy was Bill's Rams. They're both at least in it, so yes. you can't win it unless you're in it. So they're both still in the playoffs. So I'm going to, you know, stick with that at, at this standpoint. But I think it, it really could be anybody. Uh, before we go further in the discussion, because we're good, just about to get kicked off here in Cincinnati as people in the Mandalay Bay trying to get their bets in last minute before kickoff, we basically are going to see the market close six, Dave. Okay. 48 and a half, 49 on the total. I believe BetMGM is the lowest in the market, minus five and a half, minus a dollar twenty on Cincinnati. So that's the lowest you can lay on Cincinnati. I saw DraftKings; they popped to six and a half, but by and large, your market consensus is going to be six, forty-eight and a half, forty-nine on the total. So just wanted to get that in before we get kicked off in Cincinnati. Well, let's, let's stay right there then for a second, Wes, because this is always intriguing to me for first-half betters. Okay. Because you don't know who's going to win the coin toss. And, again, I'm sure that it just happened. We have to sound down here in the studio, so we'll find out who's going to get possession first. Is that that exercise of players that, that like the sides uh, in the first half? And I know you're on the under for the total here in the first half. I always think that's a safer play than the sides because it's literally, depending on who wins the coin toss and depending on, on which side you, you play here in the first half, you're going to be down a possession essentially here. How do you? How would you – advise first-half players uh, that want to bet sides without knowing who's going to win that coin toss. 
Yeah, and, and, and look, and sometimes you see some late movement reflected on the screen with that. I'm still in the process of seeing that, but BetMGM did close Cincinnati minus three and a half, minus a dollar five. So with that three and a half key number, even in the first half, it is juiced to the Raiders side. Still a couple 24s out there in the market, but 24 is kind of a key number in the first half. So once it goes down, and you'll see this, once it goes down to 23 and a half, then you see the VIG go the opposite way, and that's what you're seeing at the BetMGM, 23 and a half over, minus $1.20, as they just show as we're getting ready to kick off, Icky Woods doing the Icky <laughs> Shuffle. Uh, I think that was the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, by the way, January 6, 1991. I sent a tweet out about that, because I'm sure the graphic is coming at some point on this NBC telecast of, okay, what was a gallon of milk? What was the price of gas? Who was the number one song? I think we were talking about that with Mo Egger, yeah. who does radio in Cincinnati earlier this week, and you know that that's coming. By the way, the Raiders will receive. Yes. They will get the football first. Yeah, and the Raiders going to take it and start at their own 25-yard line as, as they're going to have the first possession here of Super Wildcard Weekend. I can hear the excitement there at Mandalay Bay, the same here at Circus Sportsbook as Rich Bisaccia and Zach Taylor going to match minds here uh, as uh, rookie uh, head coaches, well, excuse me, uh, first-time head coaches here uh, in the postseason. Certainly, Zach Taylor's been around now for a couple years in Cincinnati, but Rich Bisaccia as the interim head coach for the Raiders as they take off and uh, start off with the ground on the ground to Josh Jacobs. So we'll keep a watchful eye there uh, as that game has gone underway. Let's get back to the Super Bowl MVP discussion. And to your point, it's so hard to game script without knowing uh, who the opponents will be in the Super Bowl to try to figure out the value for MVP. But the first running back on the board is the only running back inside of 100 to 1 odds, and that's for a guy who hasn't played for half the season, and that is Derrick Henry. Let's just try to go there for a second. The Titans, obviously, with the week off here, is the number one seed. If he does come back and they do get to the Super Bowl, you see that right now Tannehill is 12 to 1, Derrick Henry 25 to 1. If the, the Titans ultimately were to win the Super Bowl, don't you think it would have to be Derrick Henry that the King is back? And therefore, if you're a believer in Tennessee, would you take the longer odds in Henry over the wide receiver playing quarterback at 12 to 1 in Tannehill? Uh, I would actually not because I just don't know that first game back. Look, it, this is one and done now, Dave. I mean, in, in Tennessee, absolutely, as I mentioned earlier, lowest in DVOA for a number one seed in either conference going all the way back to 1985. So, look, I'm not that high on Tennessee, even though maybe the draw is kind of going to go their way because assuming everything holds the form here, who would be the number four seed? It would be the Cincinnati Bengals. So, look, then Tennessee would be the favorite here, but you know, I'm still a little lukewarm on these guys. And Derrick Henry, kind of the first game back, you know, you got to think a team is going to stack the box. Whoever advances from these wild card games to play Tennessee, they're going to say, we're not going to let this guy beat us. So we're going to make Ryan Tannehill kind of beat us uh, over the air and through the over the middle. So I would actually not take Derrick Henry at 25 to 1. Number one, I don't think Tennessee is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, but. I would, I, I would be a little bit more prone to the Tannehill side, but really neither for me. And again, the first wide receiver on the board there that you would see is Devontae Adams 
at 66 to 1, which just goes to show this is normally a quarterback award. It's not supposed to matter for the entire postseason. It's supposed to encapsulate just the one game, the Super Bowl. But we know sometimes that narrative changes for the teams that even get to the Super Bowl. So it should not matter, but it always seems to factor in uh, when we get to the Super Bowl MVP. Okay, uh, the Raiders, by the way, that first drive right now, Wes, they have moved the ball into Cincinnati territory. So, so far, Derek Carr looking good. They've got a third, I believe about five coming up at the Cincinnati 45. So we'll see how that first drive turns out here for the Raiders. But when we come back here, we are going to be joined by Anthony Armstrong, of course, played wide receiver uh, for the Dallas Cowboys back in the day. And uh, we're going to get his thoughts on the Cowboys and Niners tomorrow and also pick his brain on the rest of Super Wildcard Weekend, which is now underway. Third and two here for the Raiders as the uh, the uh, right now they're trying to keep this drive going into Cincinnati territory. We'll see if they can get points on the board as they have another first down at about the Cincinnati 35-yard yep. line. So a good Darren opening drive. Darren Waller with that big third down reception, Wes. So, so now uh, Raiders at plus three and a half, 49 and a half on the in-game total at BetMGM, just a little under three minutes in. All right, very impressive opening drive here going for the Raiders. But again, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Triple A Anthony Armstrong going to talk all things Super Wildcard Weekend. Come on back. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet 
BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the Pro Football Playoffs. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy the playoffs like never before and earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in a pro football game that you wager on. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. And Wes, we have the first points of Super Wild Card Weekend came in the first drive for the Raiders at Cincinnati. A pretty impressive opening drive, but maybe not getting exactly what they wanted in the end. Yeah, and those points, uh, the first points of the postseason come courtesy of the guy who scored the last points in the regular season, that being Daniel Carlson, 47-yard field goal. Good drive by the Raiders, stalled out. Derek Carr, by the way, on that first drive, 4 or 5, 40 yards. Jacobs carried the ball four times for 11 yards. Did also have a reception for nine yards. So Zay Jones got a pass. Waller, Renfro, I know people are going to be following those props, but nevertheless, only three on the board for the Raiders. So currently Cincinnati minus three and a half on the in play at BetMGM, 40. 47 and a half now your total. Yeah, really, it's interesting when you see that first three on the board as the Bengals uh, get ready to take over here for their first possession. It really doesn't change the, the overall number that much down to four and a half here as the Raiders with a nice pooch kick here are going to pin the Bengals deep for their first drive of Super Wild Card Weekend. Without further ado, we welcome in our guy, contributor here at Beeson on the Green Zone, former NFL wide receiver from 2008 to 2014, Anthony Artemis. Armstrong, AAA, as we like to call him. Anthony, always great to have you back on the program, my friend. Uh, very quickly, just as a former uh, NFL wide receiver in this league, I know we're geeked up as broadcasters, as fans of the sport. What is it like for you watching the playoffs these days as a retired wide receiver in the league? May I tell you, it is, it's a lot less... Uh physical you know I just get to sit back and relax on the couch and just get to watch everybody else go out there and play so really just get to enjoy the matchups and it's good to see some you know one you know inter interdivision matchups but then also getting some rivalries renewed so it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. Let's talk about the rivalry renewed for tomorrow and I know you're down there deep in the heart of Texas and the Cowboys uh, three-point favorites we've seen it go up to three and a half here at BetMGM but it's been kind of solid all week at three with a relative high total of 50 and a half here, Anthony. When you break down the Cowboys against the Niners here, I know a lot of people look at the Niners as a real dangerous matchup for them, the way they can run the football, the way they can be physical, as we saw with the Rams last week. Is there danger lurking for the home team tomorrow? 100%, you have to just keep your ears up and just, just be aware that this could be a very bad situation for Dallas. Simply put, if you go back and look at two previous losses that Dallas has recently had, you go back to the Denver game, and then you go back to this uh, previous game against Arizona, two teams that had some really good defenses. I mean, this is the number one ranked offense with Dallas, but, hey, the, the, uh, the San Francisco defense, they're ranked number three. Uh, and if you look at those matchups, let's say those things even out. Uh, it's going to really come down to what can Dallas defense do against the San Francisco's offense, what other plays can be made, because it's, it's going to be a really good game, but Dallas has to be on their P's and Q's. 
Anthony, uh, we saw the 49ers last week. They had to do a win and in deal, obviously going to Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, got that win over the Rams. Are you a big believer in momentum when a team, you know, they're up against it like the 49ers. They had to win in order to get in because New Orleans didn't cooperate and obviously they didn't lose. Are you a believer that momentum does carry over once you reach the postseason? Oh, 100 uh, percent. I look back to uh, when the, the, the Giants took down the undefeated Patriots. There was just something about the way that that team got into the playoffs and then they beat Green Bay. I remember saying, I was like, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, there's something that just goes with it. And everything, just the energy continues to move forward. Um, I mean, right now, San Francisco's probably saying, hey, you know what? They don't even expect us to win. We're not supposed to be here. Um, and they're, they're coming in here hungry. They're going to be ready to play. And I, I do believe momentum follows you as far as you're going to let it take you. All right, talking with former wide receiver in the NFL, AAA Anthony Armstrong. And, uh, Anthony, let's get back to this matchup. Because I look at you talk about momentum right now. The Niners do have some after their second half and overtime win against the Rams just to get into this spot here. We know they want to run the football. You know Kyle Shanahan very well as well. So the game script's not going to change, right? This isn't going to be Jimmy G dropping back, looking for Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. This is going to be running Debo Samuel, right? This is going to be running Mitchell as much as they can to try to overpower the Cowboy front. Is that the pathway you see for a Niner upset win? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, if you really go back and look at Kyle Shanahan-led offenses and teams, they really do run the ball well. Uh, we just see, usually would see a lot of play-action passes, get some big, big, deep plays right there. But if you look back, San Francisco over the past three seasons, they have a 70% win total on the road. So that's going to be something that's in their favor. Um, that you can expect the San Francisco faithful to travel really well. Um, but getting physical, being able to have the time of possession uh, in, those, in those wins on the road, San Francisco's had the ball for over 31 minutes. And that's going to be a big problem for Dallas if they cannot get off the field because that offense, they lose one player, one playmaker in Michael Gallup. So it's going to take a little bit away. They're not going to be able to send as many people out into, into the play and into the routes because you're going to have to handle these defensive ends. So it's going to be a really, it's a really tough matchup though. I mean, Sean, uh, Sean Kyle is going to run the ball. He's going to try to control the clock as much as possible and don't let Jimmy G throw the ball away. By the way, the Bengals now have first and goal at the 10. And uh, no pressure so far from the Raiders. They have not been able to get to Burrow. Got to him in the first game, but so far, no good. Incomplete on first down. So now the Bengals minus 7.5, 48.5 on the end game at BetMGM. Anthony, looking at what uh, Dallas, at least, uh, what they are going to do def or, uh, offensively, San Francisco dead last in the league in terms of pass interference from that secondary. Do you expect more pass heavy from Dallas or do you expect more balance? Because we know that they can run the football. We know Zeke is kind of like their put the ball and play guy though. And Tony Pollard's the home run hitter. Yeah. You know, it, it's really going to be, a, it's a tough matchup for Dallas because you know, they want to lead with running the ball, uh, but you're going up against a very stout front. That's very good against the run. So the, let's say those two things wash or wash what San Francisco is going to lean on is being able to get pressure with their front four and, and play zone behind it. And uh, there's a rookie cornerback that they have. His name is Ambry. Uh, what is his last name? 
Ambry Thomas. He's a rookie, and he's been a, a favorite target for opposing quarterbacks as of late. So you can see that uh, the Dallas offense trying to attack his side. Um, but there's going to be a lot of zone, and Dak has to be accurate with his passes. People have to communicate to make sure they're in the right places. But this isn't a very opportunistic San, Fr San Francisco defense in the air. Uh, what they do do is force a lot of fumbles. Uh, defensive quarter D'Amico Ryans really has those guys swarming to the football, and, and that's what helps them get the ball turned over and back in their hands. All right, talking with uh, Anthony Armstrong. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Mr. Armstrong 13 his old number. Triple uh, A, let me ask you about pressure, okay? I got to think there's still going to be a lot of pressure on the Dallas Cowboys to get through and, and get this win and move on into the postseason here. Are you feeling that down in Dallas? Because, again, I know people look at, at, at the Niners as a dangerous team, but I got to think the expectations for Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Mike McCarthy is they got to win this football game. Oh, 100%. I mean, you got to think, hey, it's win or bust. I mean, it's Super Bowl or bust over here. It's always been that way in Dallas. And now that you have the team that where you, you, know, you put 50 points on two of your division opponents, uh, sandwiching a loss right there, you got to come out with some with some energy and some fire. I mean, the defense is rolling. They're looking really good. Um, the offense has some ability. They're just a little inconsistent at this moment. Uh, but a loss right now, people are going to be calling for McCarthy's job. Isn't that crazy that they could actually be calling for Mike McCarthy's job uh, if, if things go south? tomorrow against San Francisco. Anthony, enjoy the, the games. Uh, take care of that family. I know you got some, got a lot of things going on in the household right now. So uh, enjoy your super wild card weekend, my friend. We'll catch up with you again soon. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. So there he is, uh, Anthony Artemis Armstrong, joining us here on VEASAN. By the way, we do have points from Cincinnati in their first drive. They go right back down the field. Joe Burrow with a touchdown pass. PAT is good. So 7-3 to three right now, Bengals. And you see that adjusted number now up to 7.5. Again, pre-flop about 5.5, 6. So both teams getting points. The Raiders settling for 3. The Bengals getting 6 and tacking on the PAT. 7-3. to three. And again, that total hasn't really moved, though. Still at 50.5 right now. And that's uh, basically up just about a point and a half from where it was pre-flop. So still right around where it was before kickoff. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk much more about what's going on and what's going to happen this weekend. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.